everybody, it's Kenya, and this is the Thank You For Saying No podcast, where we find meaning in life's unexpected turns. I'm really looking forward to today's episode. We have a really beautiful and profound Thank You For Saying No submission from someone in the Thank You For Saying No community, and an awesome guest who I know you are really going to love. But real quick, if you haven't already, please subscribe on YouTube. Our YouTube is at thank you for saying no. You can also give us a follow on Instagram, which is also at thank you for saying no. And we post some inspiring content on Instagram where you can get the chance to engage with the community there. So today's thank you for saying no submission is anonymous. And they said, my thank you for saying no moment was death. I was born one pound and seven ounces at 27 weeks in 1978. My mother lost her sister to a brain aneurysm at 16, and when the doctor told her I was dead, she said she saw her sister's face appear with her big smile and her dimples and say, everything will be all right. And it was. My family believes in prayer, which is the strongest weapon. Faith teaches us to believe in what we cannot see and to keep going no matter what to use obstacles as opportunities to reflect and look at our mindset when faced with adversity. A moment of clarity for me was working in the ER at a children's hospital in New Orleans during the pandemic. I was an administrative assistant for the graveyard shift. Not only was I working long hours, I was in school and a parent. I was juggling a lot, but feeling like it was the right choice at the time. My intuitive nature began speaking and slowly things were collapsing without cause. Why? I remembered a moment of gratitude where I was with the stars and moon, talking to God about why. He asked, why not? From that moment on, my life changed. I told him I wanted to be an actress if I ever died. And on my 44th birthday, I quit my job in the ER. A month later, I was working with A-list actors. It was faith that something out there is better. I lost friends, family, and took that walk away from everything for peace. Who knew? It's how I found this podcast, my soul tribe. So listeners, I encourage you to keep going and shine bright. You are wonderfully and beautifully made. I believe in you. I promise if you follow your heart, it will dance. The universe doesn't allow everyone in your solo journey. You're just that special. Please know that what is lost will be gained more than you can imagine. Nothing is impossible if you believe. Keep the faith. I love you all. And then they said, Dearest Kenya, I felt out of this world at times, but finding your podcast has been a safe haven for me. I am grateful, humble, and speechless. Thank you for shining bright and sharing my story with your listeners. I love you. I'll be 45 in two days, and everything happens for a reason. My mom's middle name is Faith. RIP, mom. First of all, we love you too. That just thank you so much for submitting this really personal thank you for saying no story. I I can't even begin to describe how moved I am by what you wrote, but I'm I'm going to try. I I remember I was reading this submission to my dad and it it literally brought tears to my eyes and and his two were sitting in Starbucks and we're both just crying because and not in a sad way but in in a 
in a way where we realize how impactful this podcast is becoming and how powerful the podcast community is really becoming. You know, I started this podcast as a way to find my own inspiration through the guests and to inspire the listeners, right? It's really been about the listeners and it's meant the world to me, all the messages I've received from people feeling inspired and empowered by the show. But it's come full circle for me because I feel just as inspired by all of you and the thank you for saying no community. And it's like, even though we've never met, we've met, you know? So I'm so touched by your story. You are a miracle. Everything, everything you wrote about is so profound. How you, you kept that moment of how you came into this world with you and how you kept your faith with you through your journey how you view obstacles as an opportunity for self-reflection and you took the time to connect with yourself and ultimately made the decision to follow your dream and become an actress despite the challenges like you did that. And, and it fills my heart to know that you found your tribe and a safe haven in this podcast. I'm so glad you shared this with us and may your mom rest in peace and happy birthday. We want to hear from everyone, you know, and thank you for saying no community. You can submit your own story. There's a form linked in the description. Submit a story about your own thank you for saying no moment and how it impacted your life in a really great way. You can, of course, respond anonymously, but if you leave your name and your Instagram, we can give you a little shout out. And all of the submissions will be part of a drawing to win some exclusive thank you for saying no merch. And so... Yeah, if you felt moved by the podcast and you you take a look at your life through the thank you for saying no lens, please let us know and submit a story. And with that, let's get started. Bima Williams. Yes. Welcome to the Thank You For Saying No podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad we could make this work. Yeah, yeah, totally. You're kind of an icon, I have to say, in the podcast community. (laughs) (laughs) So I told some of my podcast friends that you're going to be on my show and they were literally so excited. They're like, congrats on getting Bima. (laughs) So this truly, thank you so much for making the time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Like, I I love to be able to come and uh, be a part of the podcast community. You know, sometimes when you're creating these shows, shows it feels yeah. like you're you're kind of isolated so it's nice to be able to take a breath and come yeah. chat with someone else this is awesome. <laughs> be on the other side of it <laughs> yeah seriously it's so different so for those who don't know bima he has an incredibly inspiring and courageous journey where he left a job with nike to start his own business called clama which is a media and storytelling agency empowering creatives of color to claim a seat at any table of their choosing. Yes. That's incredible. Yes. And the Claim a Podcast has been named the number one podcast <laughs> on Apple for podcasts for creatives. Yep. And you also host Amazon's show Bars, Bars and, Nuggets. and Nuggets. Yep. And you've interviewed some really incredible people like Jay Balvin, The Game, JoJo, Javel McGee. Yeah. And I've seen those episodes. Yeah. They're really, they're just, Thank they're you. really inspiring and really awesome. And you're just incredible. I'm like, I'm, I can't believe you're here. It's like kind of surreal. You've been recognized in Forbes and Ad Week, and you have really impactful work, and that's what really drew me mm-hmm. to you. Thank you. Um, and wanting to have you on the show. So thanks. You know, I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you. I, you know, when you read the resume, I'm like, is that me? <laughs> <laughs> that's you. That's all you. Wow. Wow. So Today, we were going to talk about, you know, like what made you leave Nike, mm. um, your journey creating Clayma, yeah. and then some of the lessons you've learned along the way too. Okay. okay. And I want to start with leaving Nike. Mm. 
So on this show, we love the no's that come from us, <laughs> yeah. where we decide to do something different and make a change. Mm-hmm. And it says a lot about you because it takes a lot of courage to make a life changing decision yeah. that you know is going to be crazy, but yeah. you don't know how. You don't know how you crazy it's going to be. And so I want to talk about the lead up to leaving Nike. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to leave Nike? Was there something that fueled you to, to take the jump? Yeah, I would say it started before I got to Nike. It mm-hmm. started during this um, non-compete period, which is was all new to me. Mm-hmm. But essentially, I was working at Adidas. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was there, I was working on like a special ops uh, team, which did collaborations for, you know, some of our really big partners that were there at the time. And... While I was there, they required me to sign this non-compete. When I was mm-hmm. young in my career, I didn't know what that meant. You know what it means because oh, yeah. you, you, you know, you're <laughs> giving your professional. But essentially, it meant that um, I couldn't leave there and just go to a competitor mm-hmm. company. Uh, I was required to to sit out for some time, but they paid me my full salary. But I still had to sit out, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, in that period of sitting out. It was also that exit was also I felt like a part of my exit from the industry itself um, or or just working this corporate nine to five. I was having trouble figuring out um, how I was being fulfilled in it, Mm -hmm. how I was helping other people from from my community, from the struggles that I'd face and still go through today. I didn't really understand how what I was doing was actually helping those people. You know, I wasn't connecting with the stories we were telling. I wasn't connected with how we were impacting in the community. Mm -hmm. And so I was really starting to have a lot of conflict uh, internally with with that. So it was during the period of that time off Mm -hmm. and um, going to Nike. And I was um, privileged enough that I got a job at Nike and they said they were going to wait my whole year until I was able to come, which is, you know, that doesn't happen often. Right. So you're like, not only are you out of a thing, you got to check and you know what your other thing is. Mm -hmm. You do kind of have space to kind of play around if if you will. Right. (laughs) So, um, that's kind of when I started to work on this idea of, of Mm Clayma and I started to, you know, find folks that would help. And that's how I found my co-founder, um, BJ Fergozo. Um, and it was in that period when I was really starting to, I start to feel this shift mm-hmm. happening and I started interviewing people and I started getting feedback from listeners about how it was helping them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I kind of want to do more of this. Yeah. And so by the time I got into Nike, um, I was in a very conflicted space because I had loved sneakers since I was I don't know, like nine, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I remember my dad getting me uh, my first pair of Concord Jordan 11s mm-hmm. um, after my parents had divorced. And like, I just, um, I really held on to to that memory and those shoes in a, in a very special way. And so getting to Nike was kind of like, you know, a fulfilling part of a journey of coming yeah. from Louisiana. Like there was no way, we didn't even know how to get there. Like yeah. there was no like, there's no map. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you want to become an engineer, like I I could tell you how to do that without me even wanting to be an engineer. But, you know, the journey to get there, mm-hmm. to get to Nike or even to become a professional podcast creator. There's no like really clear journey to get there. You kind of yeah. like 
stubbing your toe mm-hmm. the whole way, you right? Jump on the deep end, you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> so, um, so by the time I got to Nike, and don't get me wrong, this was like my dream role at Nike. Mm-hmm. Like I am working on collaborations with Supreme and Travis Scott and Stussy and Drake. Yeah. Like oh, I'm man. working on these projects that 18 year old me is like yo, yeah. like, this is like, this is what I've been yeah. working so hard for. And I remember the moment where I knew like I had changed. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't that there was anything wrong with Nike or, or that, like it was purely the thought and the fact that what I wanted out of life was different. What I wanted mm-hmm. out of my career was different and how I thought about my purpose was different at that yeah. point. And we were at fashion week, February, 2020 in New York. And we were doing this very big event and we had the who's who there, you know, Billie Eilish, the Drakes and the president of of Nike. And I was sitting there thinking about, I really want to be doing my show right Mm -hmm. now. And that's when I knew I I, I had a tough decision ahead of me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it it really sounds like you were ready. You were ready to make your impact and you had to do it full force. Yeah, I don't I don't believe in doing anything halfway. Yeah. I, I believe that if you're going to want to do something meaningful, it's gonna take a lot of your energy and mm-hmm. it's gonna be um challenging. Yeah. Like it doesn't mean that it's not meant for you, but you're gonna run across some hurdles here and there mm-hmm. and it's gonna require your energy. Um and you can't really make you can't really cover much ground if you're not truly invested in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think people can feel that. Yeah. Yeah. So you left Nike, which was probably secure, steady income, all this stuff, right? And you you decided to like go down this path. Was was this new podcast path also financially secure for you, or were you kind of just taking a leap? Oh no, I was totally taking a leap, right? So were you, <laughs> were you scared to do that? Like even though you knew you were ready and it was the right thing, mm-hmm. like were you scared to do that? I was terrified. Yeah. Um, my wife is also an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. right? And so. She entrepreneurs she she makes ice cream uh ice kate's cream. plant-based ice cream out of portland and the it's a lot of layers right mm-hmm. compounding layers so entrepreneurship business owners right they don't necessarily take large salaries mm-hmm. right the the money of their business is in the business mm-hmm. right and if there's some profits left at the end of the year they'll take that and they pay themselves modest salaries so that's kind of the scenario we're in on one side of the household, mm-hmm. right? And then on my side of the household, it's like, okay, so you got the job, so you know, you'll cover the expenses. And then here <laughs> I am, like, hey, I kind of don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I don't really know how I'm gonna make any money. Yeah. Um, that was the scenario. And on top of that, we still had um, you know, day-to-day expenses. We got a mortgage, mm-hmm. right? We 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 have a, a house, we have Car notes, insurance, pets, yeah. all that stuff. You still want to go on vacations, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, you want to live a life. Yeah. So um, it was a lot of that. And also it was, you know, I grew up in a single parent home, so I didn't want to disappoint my my mom mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, it came to a place where I was like, well, I can't please everyone. Um, I don't want to wake up every day and have anxiety and discomfort yeah. and um these stresses that I'm, I'm worried about i'd rather have stresses that i, I want to yeah be passionate mm-hmm. about so i decided to to make that decision with with my 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 wife's blessing um and things started 
to fall into place. It's really weird. <laughs> I have so many thoughts at the moment. So alignment is a big theme in this show mm. is when things align, you yeah. just kind of know. Like yeah. things just start working out. Even the hard stuff, mm -hmm. you can figure it out. Yeah. Um, but before we get into uh, like the alignment and all that stuff, how did you walk through that fear and anxiety? Because mm. for the listeners at home thinking about starting their own business yeah. or following their their passion or their purpose, but but it's a risk. Like that fear and anxiety of not knowing and and not feeling secure will prevent mm -hmm. people from totally. doing things. And that's fair too. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair too. Yeah. But so for you, for the people who want to push through that fear and anxiety, mm -hmm. how did you do that? Well, it, it's redefining it, right? Mm -hmm. Because I did grow up um, with a different understanding of things. I grew up thinking that if you felt once, then maybe it wasn't meant for you. Mm. Um, I grew up with the, the discomfort of, um, if you did something and you weren't great at it and you got made fun of it, then I started to really internalize those anxieties and, and started to develop, um, the stage fright and the anxiety that comes with that and, and wanting to hide, you know, my true self and my true desires. Mm -hmm. And so how I had to start work, I, I really felt like I had to start from scratch, honestly. Yeah. Um, and so one of the first things was, um, doing my own research and going on my own journey around like how are people dealing with anxiety it was mm. my first time really starting to deal with the word to yeah. really uh, associate the word with myself and what i was going through mm -hmm. and so that first part was really just education i would start listening to different shows i talk to different people about like hey like mm -hmm. what is this that i'm, I'm experiencing what am i yeah. going through um, and then from there, I'd start figuring out different ways that I could try to um, um, work through it, right? What and so worked for you? Meditation was mm -hmm. one of those things that, that worked for me. Um, I'm a big going on that journey, learning and spending time with myself. I think the biggest part was carving out time for myself because I never really carved out time yeah. where I was just being still and focused on me, right? Mm -hmm. If I was up at 6 a.m., I was up working on an idea, yeah. right? Or if I was um, throughout the day, I was working my job. And then at home, same thing. Mm -hmm. I never really carved out yeah. the time to yeah. be like, what do I care about? Mm -hmm. You know, what am I feeling? Let's journal about this. Let's let's meditate on it, right? Um, and so those, I'd say the writing and the journal, the meditation, mm -hmm. and then the movement of my body. So going for a run in the morning. Mm -hmm. Those were ways that I started to um, work through the discomfort. Yeah. And then the other part was actually through my show. Because yeah. what I would start to discover is that um, there's one thing about getting lost in a creative process mm -hmm. that can also totally help with the anxiety and the worry and the stresses. Mm -hmm. The other thing um, is knowing that um, you aren't the only person that's gone through struggle. Right. <laughs> like... So many other people are are going through things, mm -hmm. and and sometimes um, other people are going through things that are way harder than than what you're going through. It gives you perspective. Yeah. And so I gained a lot of perspective. Mm -hmm. yeah. I can relate to that too because when I I finished law school, mm -hmm. I took the bar. Yeah. And that that time between taking the bar and like the I think it was like four to six months waiting for the results was probably top five worst times of my life. Because <laughs> you're just waiting. Right. Because you're waiting and it's like, and everyone's like, congrats, you did it. But you're like, did I? Did I? I don't have a job. Yeah. I'm going to have a lot of debt. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going to live. I still have to move across the country mm. to another place I don't even know. Yeah. There was a point where I couldn't even leave the house. Like I couldn't leave wow. my apartment without having a panic attack. Yeah. And, it, and, I, and that kind of thing never happened to me before. 
before. Yeah. Like I've had anxiety, but not at that level. Mm -hmm. And I just, I felt the pressure of what, what was next and not knowing what was next. Mm -hmm. And my friends are so great, but I would be in cars with them and I would, I got car sick all of a sudden. Like I, I've never been car sick. So I would have to like be in the car like this until we got to our (laughs) like eyes closed. And they just, they just let me kind of go through it. So I was like really grateful to have support like that. But the strangest time of my life, but mm. I too found meditation yeah. and, a, and just taking time to ground myself and sit through the feelings and let them come and go mm-hmm. as uncomfortable as it is to oh, sit totally. through these things, come and go. Yeah. Let them it's going to, yeah. I, I mean, the, the, it's my battle with control, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, this battle in me thinking that if I hold on to it, if I do all of these things, if I plan all of these things, yeah. then this outcome is inevitable. Mm-hmm. That's not true. No. Like no outcome is 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 nothing's guaranteed. guaranteed. Yeah. Right? It's it's purely um if it happens, it happens. Mm-hmm. And I, I I understand the discomfort in that. That mm-hmm. this is why we plan. We plan yeah. to try to minimize our discomfort. Yeah. But making a plan doesn't change what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not at all. That's really awesome that that you worked through that and seeing you today, mm-hmm. you're you're. I mean, I'm sure you have anxiety still today, totally. but you're through that. You're through that part, and that I just want like listeners to to witness that and to mm-hmm. recognize that that you. It was really hard to leave, but you did it, and you felt sure, and you felt passionate about it, and you found your way to come to today. Yeah, it. it I think if anything, I could share with anyone that's in this phase and thinking mm-hmm. about like their anxiety about leaving something and the fear about not knowing what the the next thing is, I think I would, I would ask you to think about, well, what are you, what's it costing you right now? Mm -hmm. Right? Like Mm -hmm. how much anxiety are you facing right now? Because you aren't making a change, right? How much discomfort are you facing? How much growth are you sacrificing in the moment? Because you aren't willing to put yourself in a little bit of discomfort to Mm -hmm. get a little bit out of that comfort zone right there's this great big life that maybe just on the other side if you could just step out a little bit yeah yeah you kind of answered this question i wanted to ask you but what advice would you give someone who's saying they're not ready you're never ready mm-hmm. i'm never ready mm-hmm. it mean it happened to me on set um this week where um there were some scripted lines that i was reading to to promote the show on amazon mm-hmm. And, um, I kept tripping over the words and I, you know, it's like six o'clock. It'd been a long day and, and I, um, I couldn't, I just was struggling with truly embodying the words and doing it in a natural way. Yeah. And, and the director was like, Hey, we're not doing, we're not going to do, we're not going to do the script. We want you to speak from the heart. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not good at winging it. (laughs) And and he pushed me again. Yeah. And he said, he said, I know you care about this show. So I know you have it within you to 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 say these words. And lo and behold, it it felt like the the best take, right? Mm-hmm. And and so for me, it's just like you are ready for more than you think you are. Yeah. Like you just have to trust yourself and trust the people around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so it because every entrepreneur I know or anyone starting their anything of them, whether it's music or producing or just anything that they're starting that's their own, 
no one's ready when they start. <laughs> Nobody. No they one. just, they take a leap. They yes. jump in. They're like, I'm going to trust that I got this no matter what the outcome is going to be. Yeah. My friend Aaron would say, you know, you you build the plane as you're flying it. <laughs> like, it's like you got a little, it's you so know, the skeleton plane yeah. and you're, you're adding things to mm-hmm. it as it's in the air. Yeah. Like that whole thought of like build it and wait is yeah. a joke. You're going to be waiting forever. Yeah. So that's actually a good segue for your why, Mm. for why you started Clayma. Because Mm -hmm. I think even though things can change and evolve and ideas grow and just reform as we go on, our whys tend to stay the same. And Mm -hmm. our whys kind of give us a place to start and then also guide us as our idea evolves. So let's start with your why for Clayma. Um, I wanted something better. I wanted something different. I wanted, um, personally, I wanted um, a different quality of life. I wanted to have more, more um, of a choice in in what my day to day was like and where I where I was going. You see that control creeping back in, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it really started there. But then, as I it got outside of me, which is where. I believe everything has to go if we're going to do anything meaningful. It has to be about more than us. Yeah. What it really became the core of was how can I help other people who are are looking at my journey mm-hmm. and wanting to know how they can replicate it in their own way. Yeah. And so my why has really become about how can I help other independent Mm-hmm. professional creators how can i take and distill the journey that i'm literally going through in real time yeah and share it with them so that they know how to navigate these things as 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 they're yeah. happening mm-hmm. and you know whether it's someone some kid reaching out to me in ghana about a show that they want to start or i literally just had breakfast with someone who um, is a producer writer host and like what i can help them with that's where I'm like, this is why I'm here, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is why, um, you know, this is why God has me on the journey that I'm in because I have these information, these details that I can, I should be helping and sharing with my community. Yeah. And that's what really gives me light. That's what gets me up in the morning. That's what allows me to go through some of these very challenging moments where you don't know. You mm-hmm. don't know what tomorrow is going to feel like. You don't know what the opportunity is going to look like. Um, you don't always know where the next check is coming from. Um, and so I just think I'm like, this is a part of the process. This is a part of my why. Mm-hmm. I'm here to help inspire other creatives. I'm here to help take them along in the journey so that however far I get it, they go even further. Mm. That's literally why I'm here. That is sort of similar to my why for starting the mm-hmm. podcast. It was it started as this this idea where I was looking for my own inspiration. Yeah. Um, at a time where I wasn't getting a lot of job offers, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. <laughs> top five yeah. worst time of yep. my life. Yep. <laughs> and every rejection I got, I was mm. thinking to myself, one day I'll be glad this didn't work out. One day I'll be saying, thank you for saying no. And then when I finally got a job, I was like, you know, I think this would be a good podcast idea. Mm-hmm. And so someone close to me actually passed away. They mm-hmm. overdosed on fentanyl. Yikes. And I and I felt that they would benefit from hearing the stories that I mm-hmm. wanted to share on the show. Wow. And so that's what pushed me to start it. So mm-hmm. similarly, it was yeah. it was this wanting to help other people in low moments mm. feel inspired and have hope. Yeah. So that's my why. I want people who are going through a no moment or having a major unexpected turn know 
that it could be so great at the other side. Yeah. And I think like a part of like, I just, I want to clarify, it does have to start with, you do need to go on that selfish journey. You do need to go and understand Mm -hmm. what it is that you want and what you're having challenges with. And if you stay open and you stay, pay attention to the signs and the conversation of the world, it will lead you to how you then need to show up to help other people. Yeah. Like it, it will totally work out that way. Yes, yeah. 100%. And so since you had your your why kind of as your umbrella mm-hmm. as you moved through Clayma, how has Clayma evolved? Yeah. And and we sort of touched on this a little <laughs> bit too, like cuz sometimes people won't won't move forward because they they're like my idea is not ready, it's not yeah. fleshed out yet, but yeah. in 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 reality it's going to evolve. Yeah. It's, and so, <laughs> it's so tell me change. if I have this right. Did Clayma start sort of the idea of Clayma, maybe by a different name, start back in like 2011 for you as a blog? I would say it, it was more of the mechanics. Yeah. But the the IPs were, were different, but they are akin, okay. right? Like I, you can't have my 2011 Claim Your Journey, mm-hmm. which is my running blog, yeah. run community in Louisiana. That 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 claima doesn't happen if that doesn't happen. Right. So totally. how did how has claima evolved for you over yeah. the years? And tell us how it transformed. Yeah, totally. Step. So so claim your journey was definitely um, a part of my journey where I was working this dead end job after I got out of college, and mm-hmm. it was like this data entry job, mm-hmm. and I hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the people I worked with, but I just didn't identify with what I was doing. Like I really yeah. wanted to be in something that was closer to culture and entertaining and around like all facets of culture. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was doing the complete opposite of that. Yeah. And so when I was looking for an outlet, um, I've been a runner my entire life. Uh, and so I, I wanted to figure out how I can maybe get back into it. Cause I'd gotten a little fur- further away from it. And so I just used that blog to take me into the running community. Mm-hmm. But what it really was teaching me was how to cultivate community. It was really getting me out of my um, comfort zone of engaging with people because I'm naturally an introvert. Yeah. And so that I cultivated skills, um, social media. I, I met um, a mentor that would help and guide me. And little did I know that that was going to send me on this great big journey where I was going to learn even more mm-hmm. by going um, into my professional career, working at Saucony and then working at Adidas and working at Nike. Um, all of those things were in- impactful. Mm-hmm. And so by the time I got to the thought around like Clayma, mm-hmm. um, Clayma was more so, I think, a culmination of all of those experiences and what I felt like we needed to to see in the world. And so Clayma then became um, the podcast. And I was actually reluctant. Like I wasn't, I was going to build the plan and we were going to find a host (laughs) and I was going to be a producer in the background. I was not supposed to be sitting in that seat hosting, at least not in my brain. Mm -hmm. But um, what I'm putting words to, and what, you know, it's part of this book I just finished reading called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. Mm-hmm. It talked about, um, there's my preferences, mm-hmm. right? And those preferences keep me comfortable. They don't let me grow. Yeah. And my preference would have been to not be in the seat having that conversation because I'm like, what if I ask the wrong question? Yeah. What if I look silly? And what if people make fun of me? And what if I'm not good at it? Well, the obvious answer is, of course, you're not going to be good at it. It's your first time doing it. doesn't Mm -hmm. mean it's not necessarily for you, but it just means that it takes work. You'll Mm -hmm. get better. Um, 
And so that was the fear mm -hmm. when, when that happened. But ultimately I realized, and I think a lot of folks who are creators of shows and are passionate about it is no one's going to be as passionate about it as you are. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. ultimately it is yours to sit in the seat, to be the face of the show. You have the most passion for it. Mm -hmm. You literally put the idea together mm -hmm. who else is gonna gonna do that yeah. channel that you mm -hmm. know so um i also thought about it being bigger than a podcast from day one i always thought about it as um, a media brand mm -hmm. and so i wanted to establish a foundation that you could clearly try to apply this ip to different mediums mm -hmm. within the space right and so a podcast is, you know, was accessible for us at the time because the costs weren't as extreme. The stakes weren't as high, right? You yeah. think about podcasting 2019 versus podcasting now. Yeah. It's night and day. <laughs> it's also a lot of, a lot more podcasts, yeah. but then you could get away with audio only. Mm -hmm. You could get away with, um, certain quality sound. Yeah. Now it's like, now nah, you gotta have audio, you gotta yeah. have video, you gotta have social clips, yeah. you gotta be on this, you gotta mm -hmm. do events, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, and I, I also credit my ability to think that way due to my brand experience. Mm -hmm. I knew how to build something that was bigger than just what, what essentially it looked like for face value. I knew yeah. like, Hey, this could potentially become something more, could have yeah. more legs to it. It sounds like adaptability is a good word mm -hmm. for how claim is sort of transformed mm -hmm. because being adaptable is a skill. It's mm -hmm. not, I don't I don't know many people who are just like really good at being adaptable. <laughs> I'm certainly not. It like takes a lot of work for me to be yeah. adaptable, but being adaptable allows ideas to grow and it allows you to go after an opportunity that might not have been what you initially thought, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but so worth it. Totally. I, I think, I think the, the biggest moment of being adaptable for me in, in recent time was that, that, that moment of the, the decision to, to get into the seat, mm -hmm. because if I was going to sit there all day and make excuses about, um, why, why this, why not? Mm -hmm. And I look back at what, what you share when I said, wow, is that me? Mm -hmm. um, none of that happens, right? Yeah. You know, we were, we've been able to give away like over $500,000 to mm -hmm. other creators. The Claymate Storytelling Agency, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. amazing. And it's like, you can't do that if you never get in that seat. Yeah. And that's when I, I start to realize it's like, you know, yes, there's moments of being comfortable. And mm -hmm. I like to make the comparison to, to being an athlete, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's a great comparison is when you think of athletes as some of the best in the world, they have periods of discomfort, right? And to me, those moments oh, yeah. are like training, mm -hmm. right? When I'm training, I should be pushing myself to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It should be allowing me to expand, right? Because when I rest, my muscles are going to get stronger and then mm -hmm. I can push myself even further. Yeah, Creators have to, to think that way themselves in that we can't just do what's comfortable to us. We mm -hmm. have to put ourselves in environments that aren't comfortable to us because that's the only way that yeah. you can you can grow. Oh, yeah. So you have to you have to adopt. Mm -hmm. You have to you have to adapt. You have to um, be willing to put yourself out there. Yeah, what you said too about you needing to be the sort mm -hmm. of face and the host mm -hmm. of the show. 
it's funny because when I was, when Thank You for Saying No was still an idea, Mm -hmm. I was talking to someone I know who's in like the entertainment industry Mm -hmm. and they were saying you should really find a co-host or someone with a bigger name Mm -hmm. to get your show out there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, but (laughs) because at that point I had put so much effort into the show. I want to host the show. It's my show. Like it's my story. It's my face. People are going to relate to me because- Mm -hmm because of my why yeah you know and so it's just so funny you say that because i i remember that feeling of being like i have to be the host of Mm. this show i can't have a co-host just to have a name Mm -hmm. it has to be me and and i think that's been true having started the show and been into it because because of the amount of people who've reached out Mm. saying we relate to you we're like Mm. but me that's me you know what i mean right but back to adaptability has there been a? I had to. I had to get that out. Yeah, yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, it's a part of it. Back <laughs> to adaptability. Can you give us an example of you being adaptable in Clayma and it leading to something really great? Oh, totally. I mean, I was thinking about. Um, there's moments when we were working on these brand pitches, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a part of you know this is you. You need to get funding somehow, mm-hmm. so you're trying to figure that out, and. Um, I remember we were going down to the wire with mm-hmm. one one brand and um, you're talking a, a, a life-changing deal, six-figure deal. Yeah. And last minute, they pull out. Mm, in true six-figure fashion. <laughs> right. It's It just is there and yeah. it's gone. Ugh. And you feel like such the, the drop in, in your heart and you're like, yeah. what? in the world just happened like Mm -hmm. i thought this was for me yeah um and you go through the whole process of like oh this wasn't for me i made this mistake i'm so foolish i can't believe it Mm -hmm. all of these things um and then you know next thing you know there's something that pops up in the inbox and you're like wait what Mm -hmm. (laughs) right yeah so it's things like that it's also things like getting creative where Mm -hmm. it's like um yes our main thing is is the podcast Sometimes folks want us to do stuff for them because they like how we tell stories and they're like, we just want y'all to kind of be an agency for, for us in this regard. And so that is, is also an example of like, you know, we did this project with Sperry, um, and they, we had pitched them on something. They actually came back and there's like, Hey, actually, can y'all help us tell these stories about water? Oh wow! And we're like, we haven't done that before. Mm -hmm. Um, but we know how to pull together creative talent because we have a great yeah. community and we got a lot of skilled people and we pulled it off and we've got, you know, the series has been nominated for all these different awards. Oh and so God. I just, I just try to say yes to a lot of things mm-hmm. these days. Um, I, I know they're going to be pockets of discomfort. I know we're not going to know the answer. I know we're going to mess up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end of that, we will have learned a ton. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that, that you're willing to try things. And even if it doesn't work out as you thought it would or you failed, I'm putting that in air quotes yeah. for listeners, like yeah. it, you still learn from it. You still learn from it. Yeah. There's, you only fail if you quit, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Right. To me, failure is giving up. Yeah. The, the making mistakes, that's not a failure. No. That's a part of learning. That's part of it. Yeah. That reminds me of probably like 18 to like my mid 20s. I would always just try new things because I had this mindset of just wanting to like 
be uncomfortable. I would try. I did aerial. Oh, sometimes wow. it was sports. Sometimes yeah. it was art. It was just different things. You try. And I, I was not good at aerial. It was really hard. I didn't have the arm strength for it. But I did it. And you I like it. I you went tried. to class every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I think it's important to to fail at things where the stakes aren't high. Mm-hmm. So when when you're walking through a challenge when the stakes are high, mm-hmm. you can you, you can be like, I got this. Yes. Yeah. That that perspective is significant. Mm-hmm. Like I can't I, I can't overstate. Like you need those experiences. So when you get to other ones, you have, you yeah. know, something that you can pull from and be like a yeah. reference point. Like yeah. otherwise, you know, you're just kind of net new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how has showing up authentically just as you are mm-hmm. um played a role in your career yeah because i it for me i found it to be really important to show up as i am not sort of compromise my integrity to mm-hmm. fit a mold for a job mm-hmm. that doesn't really align with like yeah. you know how do, do you relate to that or how has that played a role in your i relate life? to that 100 percent. you know i i decided long ago that um you know, even when we came out of the gate, I decided we were going to, you know, stand our platform in supporting black and brown creators. Mm-hmm. Um, that that hasn't altered. Doesn't mean we won't we aren't inclusive and we don't work with, um, um, you know, folks that, that aren't of color. But it means that we do have a priority yeah. on, on, on this community, these communities, mm-hmm. um, even going to the way that I show up in the way that I dress. I wear a uniform mm-hmm. everywhere. This is, your uniform. Um, this is my uniform. <laughs> And it's uh, it's also it's a comfort, but also a reminder to myself. Like when I worked in corporate, I felt like there were so many scenarios where I had to code switch or I made choices to code switch because I wanted to advance or get ahead. And I felt that if I address things in a certain way, folks wouldn't understand it or or hear me. Mm -hmm. And there were those those occasions, you know, when I was working in environments and I'm the only black person in the room i'm the only one who's tapped into perhaps this sneaker culture Mm -hmm. and there's no one else that can understand what you're saying it feels very odd yeah um and then that also in many reasons can be or or many instances can be reasons why folks will say no Mm -hmm. because they don't understand so they're afraid yeah. And so then you're like, wait, was my idea bad? Yeah. Or was it just sacrificed because you weren't you comfortable and you didn't it. understand? Yeah. And so I decided like when it was me doing my own thing, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not breaking. Yeah. Like this is me mm-hmm. and there's going to be mm-hmm. things I have to sacrifice. And then there's things that I'm going to gain because yeah. of that. And that's just how it is. Right. Like I'm not gonna, everything is not for us. Mm-hmm. Right. There's certain things that make sense and there's some things that don't make sense and you got to walk away from and so you know there's a story i told about um recently uh um there's an opportunity to go to japan mm-hmm. and i've been wanting to go to japan for years yeah literally <laughs> and the opportunity came but they didn't want me to wear my uniform mm. and i was like yeah i can't do it right yeah. because if i if i've built a whole Reputa- uh, reputation mm-hmm. off of saying like nah show up as your authentic self yeah and you'll get opportunities and yeah. then i go and, you have to change. and i and I, I switch sides right it's it's like well who are you like mm-hmm. why you know you just fed us these lies and you're just going to take a check yeah and i'm not saying folks shouldn't take checks that's not that's yeah. not i'm advocating you gotta pay your bills yeah um but i'm also saying is like have integrity too mm-hmm. and and to me, that's kind of what the uniform represents. Like, I cannot not be myself in every room if mm-hmm. I'm if I'm 
I'm in this clearly. Yeah. I'm him. So yeah. I'm going to show up as him. Yeah. <laughs> and because you not being able to show up in your uniform for you signifies people not understanding like what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. that's, and you, you want to be in rooms where people also want to do what you're trying to yeah. do because you're trying to do something really yeah. great. Yeah. The only rooms I want to be in are the ones where folks are really wanting to do work that is meaningful yeah and that's going to help Mm -hmm. right like it's hard for me to to be in a room that is only um about something transactional yeah like it it has you know we look at society today we're going through all sorts of challenges and it's it's because um we haven't spent enough time thinking about meaningful work we hadn't spent enough time thinking you know really fighting yeah honestly for that work it's so easy to um to just want to stay in the comfort. Yeah. Right. That is really something that kind of stuck with me as I went through law school. Because mm-hmm. I went to law school for the purpose of wanting to be an environmental attorney and mm-hmm. do environmental protection work. So when I got to law school, I was ready. <laughs> like, I'm like, let's work with orgs. Let's yeah. work with the local community. Let's start doing let's work on it- issues that are are relevant in this city because I went to Miami for law school and I'd never been to Miami. So, and every city I live, I like to work on the the local environmental issues, you know? So, but when I, when I got to law school, there's a more traditional path Mm. when you're in law school, which is you're on the law school journal, Mm. meaning you, you write a paper and there's a lot of citation checking, Mm. you know, (laughs) you, you do mock trial or Mm. some sort of moot court, some sort of like, practice not not real yeah you know um be the top of your class go to a top 10 school (laughs) right i didn't do any of those things (laughs) i i went to law school i was ready to work and Mm -hmm. i didn't want to be on law review i didn't want to do moot court i wanted to work on real issues and i couldn't even get myself to apply for these things because i knew what i wanted to do But I also knew that choosing to take this more non-traditional path mm. in the legal field would make it more challenging. Yes. And it did. Yeah. <laughs> and it did. And, <laughs> and that's why I think I had such a hard time finding a job. People would see my resume and they're like, oh, you weren't in law review? I'm mm. like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> my point is I had to stay true to myself yes. walking through mm-hmm. the beginning of my legal journey mm-hmm. because this is who I am. I, I make an impact. I give back. I can't kind of like what you said earlier, like I will work 12 hour days, not even think twice about it. If it's something I'm passionate about. Absolutely. If I'm staying at a job that I don't like and I'm working 12 hours, I'm like, you're not going to be in it. And that's the, Mm -hmm. that's the importance of the authenticity Mm -hmm. is it, it shows. Right. And I think you could see different examples in society of folks who, um, who are walking that walk and who yeah. are successful in walking that walk. One of my favorites is, is Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Like he's been consistent throughout that. He is uh, a representative of where he comes from. He came from hardship. He came from, you know, these eras of, of, of drugs and having to one, avoid them, but use them mm-hmm. um, in a way that, you know, it's frowned upon on society. And, you know, even as he reflects, he's like, you know, it's, it's, it's um it's terrible that I, I had to navigate the world that way. But as you've seen, he's he's leveraged that to 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 tell stories, to make other people feel seen, to make them feel heard. He hasn't changed who he is in any of these rooms. And he's shown that you can be the person that you are mm-hmm. 
and still have an impact in the world. And you, you're not going to be perfect. There's no point in trying to be perfect, yeah. but you can evolve. You can become a better human mm-hmm. and then you can help other people around you. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's more of where I kind of come from when mm-hmm. I think about this is, is that, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to be perfect. Um, and I'm not for everyone, Yeah. but the folks that I am here for, that's who I want to show up and be 100 for every yeah. single day that I can. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I started my, my legal journey, I didn't know a lot of attorneys. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what was really ahead of me. <laughs> um, and I really had to create my own network from scratch and, yeah. and, and build a community and a support system and I, and now today mm-hmm. my network is so important. Yeah. My network is so important. Yeah. And so my question for you is how did you build your network? Did mm-hmm. you, did you have people in this industry already or how did like, what did it look like for you? No, I didn't have anyone in this industry at first. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't know, uh, much of the ins and outs about it. It really started from scratch. I tell you one of the big legs up though, was, um, when I was leaving, um, Nike and full-time corporate mm-hmm. community, I put out this, um, I put this post on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and I put it on Instagram too. And I basically said like, I'm leaving to go help my community yeah. and I want to do it through this vertical. And this is what we're trying to get after. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can help, please, please reach out. Yeah. And I got introduced to different folks in media that way. Wow. Um, I had connections to different brands that way. Mm -hmm. And it really is a testament to your community is the key to everything. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to come from the people that care about you, um, that care about what you care about. Any opportunity I've ever had is come from within my community and from folks who have shared um, values and what we're trying to, to get after. It yeah. has not come from a stranger. Yeah. Um, unless it came from a stranger that was, um, recruited by the community. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's it literally, that's the only way yeah. it was, it was going to happen. Uh, and so from there, I'm like, I've been very intentional about like, I'll have, uh, what I try to tell people is like, I'll have a, a very like short proposal or in about deck. Right. Like, how can I help get someone up to speed very quickly on what I'm about, what I'm trying to accomplish, where I'm looking for help? Mm-hmm. I think if you can have that on a hit list ready, if, mm-hmm. if you're trying to expand your network and you're trying to, trying to grow, mm-hmm. the easiest thing to do is help folks understand what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. right? If if you got to do this long-winded, n- nobody, no one, everybody's got a lot of stuff going yeah. on, even in, even with their best intent, yeah. it will fall to the wayside because they can't remember yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, the other part that helped grow the community is, is sharing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so whether that is sharing clips of the episodes and sharing episodes on various platforms and sending it to, to our network, um, whether it is telling stories about the experience, like I do today, mm-hmm. where I'm just very honest about what we're going through, the challenges and, and stuff that we've learned along the way. Um, and just asking for help sometimes yeah. is, 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 is the easiest yeah. and hardest thing yes. to do. Um, because sometimes it may be, you won't want to burden people or mm-hmm. then sometimes you worry about the optics of what does it look like asking for help, mm-hmm. but we all need help, yeah. right? Like we all need to ask for help some way or, or another. Um, but, and you know, I, I still do it to this day. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I have friends and in, in different friend groups and I'm like, Hey, we're working on this. 
you know anyone I can speak to. Yeah. Right? Like, it's literally that simple. Yeah. <laughs> Were you comfortable asking for help at the beginning? Or was it something you had to push through? Um, I I, I think, I don't know if comfort for me is the, the right question. I put myself in the mindset of, I kind of put comfort to the side. Mm. And I stepped into the mindset of, it's either going to get done or it's not going to get done mm -hmm. because I did or did not ask. Yes. And so I said... I have to put my discomfort yep. to the side. It can't be the focal point mm -hmm. of this because I don't want to go around 10 years from now and say that I never asked because I was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I felt like that was too trivial. Yeah. And I, I was like, you know, when I have kids, I don't want to tell them that I didn't do it because I was uncomfortable. Mm. I want to be able to tell them that I, I put it to the side mm -hmm. and that I asked because the greater purpose meant way more than my moment of discomfort. Wow. And so that's how I would kind of start to work through a lot of my fears yeah. would be like, I would ask myself the question. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, so is it more important to you to sit in your anxiety about having a conversation with someone mm -hmm. or is it more important to you to help someone else through this conversation? Yeah. And I found that it helped me take the, um, the weight Mm -hmm. off of the fear yeah and the discomfort because yeah. i'm like oh yeah that is kind of trivial mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah asking for help is so it can feel so daunting mm -hmm. when especially when you're like first starting out and, yeah. you, and you actually need help yeah. like you're coming like yeah. you need because it. you're like what if they say no yes and so that happened to me a lot because again like i said i didn't know really attorneys i didn't mm. have the connections i had to build that so in yeah. law school i would i would look up people uh, firms that had mm. practice areas that I wanted to practice in, yeah. I would look at the attorneys who worked there and yeah. then I would reach out and say, I see you practice this. I want to practice this. Can we talk about how you got there? Because yeah. I'm all about like the blueprints out there. Mm -hmm. It's out there. I just need to understand what it is. And yeah. there's lots of blueprints. There's a lot. And then I can pick what I want to do. What I want that works for me. Yeah. Like yeah. why reinvent the wheel if, if it's already there? Yeah. So that's what I did. But and there were no's in that too. Cause there's no one, gonna be no's. No one owes me. No, no one, especially they no. don't know me. They don't know you. They're like, who's this random yeah. person reaching out? Why are they talking to me? Oh yeah, they don't they, <laughs> and that is fair. And so I had that mindset yeah. going into it, like no one has to say yes. Hmm. But the people that do, I remember that because it meant a lot to me that they would take the time to do that for mm -hmm. me. And I pay that forward mm -hmm. by taking calls from people who reach out. That's one of the biggest lessons I was was ever taught. And I'll mm -hmm. tell you, so it was during the Claim Your Journey days. And uh, a friend of mine worked at um, the Hornets in New Orleans, mm -hmm. um, which is you know now the Pelicans uh, mm -hmm. NBA team. And uh, there was this 5K that we were in New Orleans to do. Uh, you know, I'd be running. <laughs> uh, and the president of the organization was there. His name's Hugh Weber. Mm -hmm. And um, Madam... And, you know, off the cuff, I kind of found the confidence and the courage to say, hey, I would love to, to meet with you someday. Mm -hmm. And he gave me his email and he said, reach out. We'll find time for you to come to the office. I didn't think anything of it. I didn't know if you would actually like mm -hmm. really like do that. Yeah. And next thing I knew, reached out and he was like, yo, I got 30 minutes on this day. Come down. Um, mm -hmm. Here's the, you know, tell security this and come on up. Yeah. So... <laughs> I go up, I sit with him, uh -huh. and we get towards the end of the conversation. And he says, remember this moment. Mm. So when someone asks you for your time and your advice, yeah. you make sure you set time aside to do that. Never forgot it, and I do it every time. Yeah. Anytime, 
it's a question. Like I can't get back to everyone, mm -hmm. but I try my hardest to to pay it forward because someone took that time for me and yeah. it's been invaluable for my experience. Oh yeah. That see that's and I think that's what networking is all about because mm -hmm. then one day down the line they might come to you and be like, Hey, do you know someone for this thing or can you help it'll, me with like, it'll come back around. Right? It'll always I mean as another one was with um um Mav Carter from Spring Hill. Mm -hmm literally um got connected with him and you know spring hill is this billion dollar organization he didn't need to talk <laughs> to me like i you know what i mean yeah. like <laughs> i mean there's stuff where i'm like yeah of course i can offer like i do feel like i have things to offer to the conversation but what i mean is that um he's so busy and he has other things going on yeah. you know it's impressive but literally gave me time a day on a zoom call and then gave me time a day here in LA. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but that's obviously someone that also believes in that practice of when folks reach out to you, I think it yeah. is our responsibility to figure out and find time mm -hmm. to give it back to other people. Yeah. And in those, and in building your network, showing up again, like authentically, mm -hmm. exactly who you are being genuine. People feel that when I'm on a call, I can tell if someone's being fake or not yeah. real or just, just saying, dot, like dotting their eyes, you know what I mean, crossing <laughs> yeah. their T's, and and so now because I've I've built this genuine network of people who who care and we have relationships, people think of my name in rooms that I'm not even in now. Hmm. They're like, oh, Kenny, I mentioned you for uh -huh. this thing. I'm like, thank, thank you, you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> right? But and that and like sometimes your network is like for the long game. It's yeah. not about what's going to happen right now. It's mm -hmm. about it's about the future. It's about, and a lot of times it is, mm -hmm. right? A lot of times we need to be thinking, we don't need to think about what the return is going to be from yeah. a, a conversation or a meeting with some someone. It's not always going to be about you in that moment. Mm -hmm. It may come back around. It may not. But the yeah. reason to do it is not because it's going to come back around mm -hmm. to you. But the inevitable part about it is it will in some way. Mm -hmm. But that's not why you should do it. Right. <laughs> right. Um. And you know, this, this podcast is really like the name, like, thank you for saying no, we're, mm -hmm. we find ways to be thankful mm -hmm. when situations didn't work out. And mm -hmm. have, have you had your thank you for saying no moment for leaving Nike? Mm. The moment where you realized you were glad that you left? The moment for me was more so at Adidas. At Adidas. Um, I had shared a, I shared like this show concept and maybe 10%. Mm -hmm. of Clayma. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it was, it was early 2019 mm -hmm. and there was a lot of turmoil happening at the brand. And I thought this could be a great way to really give the brand a, a voice and culture that it was missing. Mm -hmm. And they kind of strung me along and had me meet with different vice presidents from the organization. Um, and ultimately, mm -hmm. um, they were like, well, we have this new department we're starting. You should uh, be a part of this department. Mm -hmm. um, but you can't have this title and you got like this this measly base salary. So, you know, yes, but but no. Yeah. And so that was when I was like, I got to bet on myself. I really got to bet on this, this instinct mm -hmm. that I have that there's something within me that the world needs and it will figure itself out. And I told them no, mm -hmm. right? And I, I walked away and a lot of folks were confused. Same way they're kind of confused when I left Nike and yeah. I, I can't can't blame them because they don't know what's for me, yeah. right? Yeah. They don't know the vision that mm -hmm. I have for how far that I can take 
um, what I'm thinking about and what I'm passionate about, mm-hmm. right? When you're passionate about something, you're willing to do. Nothing will get in the way. Nothing will get in the way. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's a mountain and then you get to the mountain and then there's like snow and there's an avalanche and there's yeah. other stuff. And you're yeah. like, I'm going to get around yeah. these things. Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get around it's just these an avalanche. things. It's just, it's, it'll be fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, it's funny because you got teammates and you got to like, re, you know, you inspire them and be like, no, we're going to make it. And they're looking at yeah. you like. Like, Bro, no, come on. Do you see? Do you see it? I'm like, I see it. We're gonna make it. <laughs> yeah. And so um I thought the most fulfilling moment for me was when Claima then materialized. And it was not the 10% I gave, but the 90% that came along with it. And then the response from peers, mm-hmm. and then the response from the community, and then the response from the world. Yeah. And that's when I said, wow, yeah. I'm so happy I said no. Mm-hmm. And then I heard through the grapevine, right? They were like, letting him leave was one of the worst decisions we made this year. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm never a person that, I do not lie about my capabilities, mm-hmm. right? You know, you, you we've all been in the circumstances where you got folks that like to exaggerate, mm-hmm. you know, what they can do, what they have done, how they've contributed to things. And maybe for better or for worse, I've always kind of been down the line with what what I can do, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes that might not, you know, register for people because when I left Saucony, I was I was the youngest um I was the one of our youngest business unit managers and I'd help grow our lifestyle business to 50 million. I'm yeah. not even 30 yet and that's what I was yeah. doing there. And so when I came over to this other brand, mm-hmm. I think people thought I was blowing smoke. Oh. And so a lot of the times I was like I was trying to figure out ways to stay interested because yeah. I didn't realize what I was trading off mm-hmm. when I kind of went over. And so when that happened on the Adidas side, when they were, they had said that, you know, in ways I was like, well, yeah, but I was also like, it's crazy. I didn't recognize that mm-hmm. in the moment when mm-hmm. I was there, but it also taught me a lot about um, the world and yeah. that there are very few people in this world that understand talent mm-hmm. and understand how to recognize it when they see it and what to do with it. Yeah. The great majority of other folks are following trend. Mm-hmm. They're following numbers yeah. that are fabricated yes. and don't make any sense <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot of times. Like that is not also a uh, a qualifier or a requirement for what is good talent or not. Right. Uh, and so I've always found that sometimes the best way is to just go out and do your own thing, not to prove it to them, mm-hmm. right? But it ends up proving it to them yeah. is what happened. But that was the best no ever for me. It's the best no. Yeah. I don't regret it. I don't look back <laughs> on it. It's like, I'm so happy that I said yes to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. And I know people hearing that, they're going to feel that. Mm. They're going to feel that. Yeah. Was there a, uh, a thank you for saying no moment that led you to hosting Bars and Nuggets? Mm. Oh, yeah, there was. Um, uh, you did your research. <laughs> I um, Yeah, so um, I also, I love to create different concepts in IP, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm not just a host, but I also am a, a creator. And so there's different concepts that 
I like to 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 think about and mm-hmm. want to bring to life. And so, you know, one of those things was we brought together a live, you know, a live experience that we did, you know, six or seven dates on mm-hmm. uh, to date. And we'll continue to do those in the future. But um, like I helped kind of concept that. Mm-hmm. And then we created a mobile podcast studio. And like that was a part of like my love for like overland vehicles and like uh, mm-hmm. these van van life movement in, in Portland. And so I was ready for this kind of reality unscripted Mm -hmm. show concept um, that we've been working on. And it was really kind of rooted in this space of like the great resignation. Mm -hmm. And people were like leaving these jobs and they were like, you know, going to do their own things. And some have built these big careers off of it. And, you know, like one of the examples I I was taking was like Diddy, like he was an intern Mm -hmm. and, you know, did that, did what he could. And then ultimately he's like, no, I'm going to start bad boy. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I had like, you know, met with this, like, um, this, this media company and, and we thought the idea was really good. And we met with, you know, another media company. They thought it was really good, like an advisor. And, um, we went to go share it and it had got through the first door. Mm -hmm. Really excited about like the big boss was like, yes, this is dope. And then it got to like the, the unscripted team. And they were like, well, you're not a celebrity host. So why, (laughs) why? Like, they're like, no, Uh like your, your, your name's not big enough. We're not, we're no, we're not spending the energy on this. Mm -hmm. And God, I was frustrated. You know, I was, I was frustrated because I'm like, damn, we're in a world where I'm like, one, I felt like that's just lazy of, of them to to not want to work with talent that's here like if yeah. i got this far mm-hmm. like the least you could do is try yeah the least you could do is try right, right? like i I'm, made it in front of you i'm in front of you yeah. right like there's there's nothing worse than like that's like you know i think about like a young kid that's developed a new skill yeah and you don't show them time of day you crush their spirit mm-hmm. and i felt like someone was trying to crush my spirit yeah. that day um and so i i won't lie like i was really like I was really uncomfortable about it. I, I was just like, that is like, that just doesn't make sense to mm-hmm. me. Um, and at the same time, I also had to work through like, there's also time and place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe this isn't the time and place. Maybe this is also a part of the journey of like trying to guide me in a certain direction. Yeah. Who knows? So that happens. I'm like, oh, this sucks. I'm like, I'm not where I thought I should be. You know, you're doing all this yeah. shit. And so um, I end up, but at the same time, good things are happening in, yeah. in, in life, right? So literally the next month, I'm in Paris mm-hmm. and I'm doing my second conversation with Tyler, the creator. Mm-hmm. And so we're there, it's beautiful. And uh, my my wife's there with me her first time in Paris mm-hmm. and, and we're out having... Um, an afternoon wine because we got like one day before everything gets yeah. crazy and i get a i have a meeting mm-hmm. on the books and it's with um it's with amazon mm-hmm. but we had been talking to them since like february at that point so yeah. i was impressed i was like yeah uh, whatever i was like it'll be whatever mm-hmm. and we i'm like 15 minutes late to the call i forget <laughs> That we have this call. And yeah. I'll be honest, I was a little buzzed. So it was a part of that too. <laughs> You're like, I'm in Paris. <laughs> I was like, I got caught up. I ain't gonna lie. And I rarely get caught up, but I got caught up. 
and and so you know, I you know got my little rose on. I love my rose, mm-hmm. and and then I get a, a you know a side message from one of my teammates. Yeah. Um, you know, president of our, of, of our company now, named Spurvy. And she's like, you know, you're supposed to be on this call, right? And I was like, what call? And I looked, I was like, oh. So I get on the call. Uh huh. And they waited for you. They they waited for me. Nice. And um, the show creator, his mm-hmm. name's uh, Trevor McNeil, and he's like, Bimo, we got a show for you, bro. Mm. He's like, we have this show uh, where we want to interview different folks in culture. Yeah. But not one of these shows where. You know, we're just going on there to gossip or we're going to talk about superficial things. Like, we really want to do this roadmap narrative-based show where you can do what you love to do, which is really get into the nuggets and the details of their Mm. careers. Like, I am not a, I'm not great at uh, chit-chat. I'm not great at, what do they call it? What's the word they call it? The small talk, yeah. right? If I want to have a car, I want to know you. Yeah. Like, let's let's, let's talk. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care what you have for breakfast. Yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. Like, I really want to know what makes you tick. Mm-hmm. What, you know, the conversation we're having here, really impactful. And so yeah. when he said that and he showed me some of the talent that they were thinking about and he used the reference of the first title of the, the creator interview, Yeah. Mm. I'm sitting there like, well, of course I couldn't do this other show because this was here. Right. <laughs> this is right. what I was supposed to be doing. And you never know. You yeah. can't connect those dots moving forward, right? Uh, shout out to the great Steve Jobs. He said that in that commencement speech. Um, you don't know, Mm-mm. right? All your job is, is to continue to put out, show up in the moment. Yeah. And then everything else is going to orchestrate around you, yeah. right? And then you decide what you do with what's happening there. But that was another one of those moments mm-hmm. where I was like, wow, this is truly out of my hands. But it's great yeah. to know that when I show up the way I'm supposed to show up, great things happen. And that was completely out of my control. That's, a, that's amazing. <laughs> Literally, that story is so amazing and so spot on for this podcast. Because not only did the first job not even give you the time of day, they're like, no. The Amazon, they waited for you for 15 minutes. They had already researched into you. Like that was, that was meant for you. Thank you, Trevor. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for doing it. And that kind of goes to the alignment of Mm -hmm. things. That first opportunity, it wasn't aligning. Even, even the hard stuff, even the easy stuff, it just wasn't. But the second one, you know when it's right because it aligns. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something we have like. Again, like we're so, I think when you're a high achiever, there's nothing more comfortable to you than being in control of every single part of it. There's nothing more uncomfortable (laughs) than not being in control. And where I'm at at this stage now is that I'm realizing that I, my journey is to be in that discomfort of Mm -hmm. not being in control because I do believe the future of a lot of the things that are going to happen in my career and in my life. They're going to happen because of the people around me. They're not going to happen because I pursued them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're going to happen because I was in the moment doing what I was supposed to do. And somebody got inspired. Yeah. And they were like, I actually think you'd be great for this. Or mm-hmm. I think Claymore would be great for this. Yeah. Or what about this? What about this? Mm-hmm. Right? It has to come organically mm-hmm. from other people. You're not going to convince them. Yeah. They will have convinced themselves. Yeah. That takes time. Mm-hmm. That takes seeing different things manifest. It takes different conversations. Yeah. And... It's a different way of thinking because Mm -hmm. my whole professional career, I have been the person that's been buttoned up. Mm -hmm. I've had the idea from end to end. I I know how to resource it. I know the team. I know everything about Mm -hmm. it because it made me feel in control. Yeah. 
And when I really look back on it, I'm like, well, half of this stuff didn't even happen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So looking back, kind of in retrospect, how have some of the challenges that you faced Mm -hmm. actually prepared you for what was to come? Ooh, let me think on that one. I mean, definitely, yes. I'm just trying to, I want to think through um, some of those challenges and and how they have prepared um, me and and the team. Um, I think dealing with ambiguity, Mm. right, has been a huge, um, a huge tool Mm -hmm. to have access to. Because I used to have a lot of bouts and late nights with anxiety around, oh my goodness, this thing fell through. I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, it's going to be the end, right? And and where I'm at now is that um, that's always going to happen. There's always going to be moments where we do not know. There's always going to be challenges. Um, And it was like when I thought about that, that situation with the brand that pulled out in the last minute. Mm -hmm. And then something else showed up. Yep. Right. When um, uh, we pitched that media company about that unscripted idea and they said no. And then Amazon showed up. Mm-hmm. Right. Continuously, I'm starting to see that. Something's going to show up mm-hmm. because what you're doing is of value. There are people that, that care about it. There are people working on stuff yeah. for you right now that you don't even know. Mm. They hadn't even told you about. Yep. And it's going to show up. Yeah. And you just need to stay focused on what you're doing. Yeah. Don't get caught up in what you're trying to force to happen. Don't get caught up on this timeline. I need to do this by 30. I need to do this by 35. Mm-hmm. If I don't have uh, 2,000 downloads, I'm not successful. No, yeah. no, none of it matters. Yeah. None of it matters. What matters is staying rooted in your purpose. Yeah. Serving the folks that you need to serve every day. Mm-hmm. And over time, incredible things are going to happen. But I think the other thing that we have to get comfortable with is, is it's a yin and a yang, Mm. right? It's Mm -hmm. an ebb and a flow. Yeah. So if great things are going to happen, challenging things are going to happen too. Oh yeah. You don't have one without the other. And sometimes I feel like we can get caught up in like, everything's supposed to be like Mm -hmm. this up all the time. It's up. It's up. You know, we look at social and it's like, it's up. It's up. I love to be up. It's up. (laughs) Right. But the the real is sometimes it needs to be down because there's something you need to learn. Yeah. Right. If you, if you want to go to the next phase Mm -hmm. and I think, you know, I'm, I'm at a place where that doesn't make, don't, don't interpret it as I don't get frustrated. Yeah. Right. Of course I get frustrated because I want to be here. Yeah. And, and life's like, I need you to be here right now. And I was like, but. I want to be over there. Yeah. You know, they got AC over there. You got me over here. Ain't no, this is, it's hot. It's hot over it's here. It's hot over here. I want to be where the AC is. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so you have to just, you got to go yeah. through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I, I continue to try to share myself. I kind of share with the other creators yeah. in my community is don't get so focused on, on that. Be more in the present, right? Because it is everyone around you that will be inspired by that, Mm -hmm. that will then start to orchestrate and things will figure it out. And also stop trying to look up to other people, Mm -hmm. you know, these, these trying to reach out to these big folks. Yes. Get get perspective from them, all of those things, but 
the people that are going to be the most helpful to you are sitting right next, are sitting to, you. Right next to you. Mm-hmm. They are in it with you. Yeah. They know your struggle. They mm-hmm. appreciate your struggle. They can resonate with it yeah. and they want to see you win. Mm-hmm. So those are the people that's going to be helping you win. Yeah. Yeah. We actually talked about that. So I do monthly podcast calls with other podcasters. I love that. Like, Let me get on the call. What's yeah, up? Yeah. <laughs> you should definitely join our next call. That would be amazing. So we were talking about just marketing strategies yes. and, and stuff like that and and really it's it's what you just said it's doing podcast shout out swaps mm. i think i heard isa ray talk about that too recently yeah isa that that's the most recent one for me as well and she spoke yeah. a lot about like she's like talk to your people like right the other ones they made it yeah they got what they need yeah he's like they don't they don't necessarily <laughs> like they might need you for some creative stuff it's like but yeah. the leverage you don't have that mm. she's like your folks are going to be the ones as they come up, yeah. you know, inside, outside. Another mm-hmm. friend of mine, Nuo, we always talk about, he's like, you need to have us on the outside. Mm-hmm. You need to have us on the inside. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. on the inside, he means us that are working in the corporate spaces on the outside. He means, he, you know, rebels like me. And so he's like, we need both. Yeah. He mm-hmm. said, because one can't happen without the other. Mm-hmm. And I think we always got to look at the multiple sides of things. You can't just get yeah. caught up in this one world. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a multiverse. Yeah. There, there you go. <laughs> so now that you're at a point where you're ready for things, right, as they come, even mm-hmm. things you didn't necessarily expect. So how how do you stay ready? Mm. Or so you don't have to get <laughs> so ready. You to get ready. Right? <laughs> how do you how do you do that now today? Uh, I think one of the most important things that I do is I, I work on taking care of myself, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be in a space where I was like, um, you know, uh, I'll sleep when I die. Mm-hmm. That whole mentality, yeah. like the whole thing. Um, and I'm more so in a space now where I want to think about if I want to do this for 20 years, 25 seasons, like... I think like Larry King and Oprah are mm-hmm. like longest yeah. one show host ever. Yeah. If I want to do that, what do I, I got to take care of myself first. Yeah. Right. And so I think of like, I admire folks that have been able to do that and have careers and stay relevant for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, I said Larry King, I said Oprah. Um, but then on the other side, I look at like a LeBron James. I look at, at, at uh, Serena Williams. Mm-hmm. I look at a Jay-Z. Yeah. And I'm always inspired by how they've been able to still be, be relevant at this time. I think yeah. even more so for someone like Jay-Z when, you know, even him was very vocal about how rap was a young man's sport. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, he's really eclipsing even mm-hmm. what he's contradicting what he said. Mm-hmm. Right. He's got a museum now. <laughs> um, so, so to me, I'm like, I need to take care of myself so that I can do that. And I yeah. need to shape it around my life. It has to be more of a lifestyle oriented approach. And so, yeah. you know, being here, you know, we talked about like the fact that this is a, you know, this is a studio. It's mm-hmm. like, I need to be thinking about things like that when I go to other cities, like where can I go yeah. and do what I do? But a part of it is. I like to structure my day in a way where I feel good when I'm going into my creative work. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if I'm up at 530, I'm asleep by like 930, 10. Yeah. Like I don't have these long, long nights anymore. I'm like very committed to my career and the lifestyle that I want. And yeah. so I'm up, I'm meditating, I'm journaling, I'm mm-hmm. reading, I'm going for a run. I'm taking care of myself. Yeah. Then, you know, I'll, I'll get into the work. I'm working with a team. I'm, um, everybody's kind of got what they, they need to do so that we can we can be the, the best. So I, I think a part of that is really just like, how can you mm-hmm. figure out how can you do this over time? And then also figure out 
who are the people that can help you grow? Yeah. Who are the people that can pour into you? Right. Because occasionally you do need to be telling people like, what's the bigger plan? Mm-hmm. Or what's the bigger vision? Yeah. Um, where where do you want to go in, in the journey? And it always evolves. Yeah. You know, like what you what you thought about your show when you started mm-hmm. is probably slightly different from where it is oh, today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It's, it's so, so I thought thank you for saying no would be more about like the re- people getting rejected from mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and and sort of pivoting. And it has been that. Yeah. But something that's been so inspiring for me is the no's that come from us. I didn't yeah. realize how many no's there are in like us deciding to do something else. And yeah. that's been so empowering yeah. to it's, hear about. I think it all it all changes. And so you have yeah. to be you have to be open and receptive to that. Yeah. yeah. And taking care of yourself is I feel like it's very underthought about. To give you an example, I guess I just started therapy because mm-hmm. I've been needing some extra support. Yeah. And I have a daily practice, right? Like yeah. I meditate too. Yeah. I'm very serious about meditating. I, um, I'll journal mm-hmm. and I have readings that I like to do mm-hmm. and I take time to go to like the beach or like, <laughs> a secret lookout that I yes. have and that I need to do those things. So I, I was doing all of those things and I needed more help mm-hmm. through therapy. Mm-hmm. And cause for me, for me to show up for my job or show up for like even the podcast, but this is yeah. fun. I don't really get stressed by this too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. um, but um, I need to do all of the meditating, the journal, the time for myself. Mm-hmm. And then imagine if I hadn't done all of those things and you like, I would be under water. And so the taking care of yourself part of things is so, mm-hmm. so important. I've, and I feel like people don't always understand that. If if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't really take care of anybody else. You right. can't do anything else, yeah. right? Because you can't show up, right? Yeah. If you're, if you, I think about it this way. If, if you're dangerous like me and your iPhone is always <laughs> on red. Yeah. And then it cuts off. Mm-hmm. It can no longer help you. Like you mean low battery? Low battery. <laughs> Yeah. It can no longer help yeah. you. And how reliant are we on it? I'm personally, yeah. when it comes to directions and GPS, mm. I'm like, no idea where I'm going. That thing goes off. Mm-hmm. I do not know how to get around LA. Yeah, no. I have no idea how I to get around here. I would just call Uber from wherever I was. <laughs> or no, I couldn't. You I don't couldn't know what I would Uber. <laughs> See what I'm saying? So you have to be mindful of yeah. that charge. Mm-hmm. Same as with you and your yeah. energy. You have to be mindful mm-hmm. of, of where you're at. And you got to be honest with people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're going to let people down, yep. right? Sometimes you're going to disappoint them because mm-hmm. they might say, hey, Kenya, I need you to come do this thing with me. I need you to, and you might, yeah. you might have to say like, hey, I'm right there. Mm-mm. And they're like, but it's my birthday. It's like, I love you. It doesn't change it. Mm-hmm. I, I want to show up for you, but I, I'm not there. I yeah. can't show up for you. Yeah. I, I, I'll get there and I will be miserable. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm starting to to understand even about myself is like, yeah. that's okay. It's mm-hmm. not the end of the world if I if someone's upset with me. Mm-hmm. It's the end of the world if I run myself into the ground and then I cause myself all of these ailments mm-hmm. all because I wasn't willing to also prioritize myself. Right. Right. Yeah. You gotta, you, you have to do those things if you want to be able to do, you got to say no. Yeah. You have to say no to mm-hmm. things and you got to say yes to things. Yes. There is a harmony in it. Yeah. In my opinion. The yin and the yang. Yeah. So I want to end on a note of something that sort of stuck with you. Mm. And I and I have a sort of a story to preface this mm-hmm. question. I mentioned earlier getting a job was really hard right out of law school because of the choices that I made to sort of stay true to who I was and what I wanted to do. 
And during this time, I remember having two conversations with two different attorneys. Mm -hmm. The first conversation was with an attorney based in Washington, D.C. And I was talking to her about my job search and how I wanted to work at her firm. And she just, she asked for my resume and my transcript and all that stuff. And she said, point blank, your transcript will not get you through the door here. (laughs) And then the second call was with a with was with a different attorney at a different firm in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I told him I applied to the firm that he works at. Any advice? He mm-hmm. said, yeah, do X, Y, and Z, and I'll put in a good word for you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think about those two conversations frequently because I want to be like Rudy. I want to be like the guy who said, I'll put in a good word for yeah. you, right? I don't want to be like the girl who is basically just like, this is the status quo. I can't help you. Mm-hmm. I want to be like, Rudy, who's like, I don't care what the status quo is. I'm going to help you anyways, right? Because that's the kind of attorney, that's the kind of person that I am. And so that stuck with me as I've navigated my legal career and and people have reached out to me and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I want to advocate for them too. And so that, I mean, recently that happened. Someone wanted to work at my firm, Mm -hmm. not my firm, the firm that I work at. And I emailed the partners and I advocated for her. I said she'd be a great fit. She didn't ask me to do that. Mm-hmm. The partners didn't ask you, me about you her. Just did it. Because I want to be like Rudy. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So do you have any people or actions throughout your career that you've mm. admired that you implement into your your journey for other people? Mm. Ways that I want to, things that I've been through that I want to to help others mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Um one of those ways that I do that is because folks gave me opportunities and um, folks brought me brand opportunities and put money in my pocket, helped me feed myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like to do that, whether it's from folks that come work intimately on my team mm-hmm. or whether it's folks that have their own IP and we're trying to figure out how to, to help them out. And so I'll tell you how that in two ways. Um Folks that work on my team now are probably aware that I am um, probably giving away my secret right now. Um, (laughs) I snoop talent for years. Mm -hmm. Like I will find talent and I'll think it's great. And every once in a while, I'll drop a breadcrumb. Mm -hmm. And I might say like, um, one day, you know, you'll come run marketing for me. Yeah. Right. Or or one day you'll come be our creative director. Mm -hmm. And... Folks don't know how serious it is, right? Mm-hmm. But you can kind of partially take it and you hold on and you might not hold on to yeah. it. But I think what folks have to realize about me, if I say something like that, I'm dead serious. Yeah. A lot of times I'm dead serious, yeah. right? But it's such a thing where you're just like, you kind of got to laugh at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I see talent, I'm willing to wait for that talent for mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. I wait 15 years, mm. maybe for the moment, you know, I waited for our president for 10 years. Wow. Right. Until that moment showed up. I, when I find those people, I want to work with them because I know, I know the, the mountain that mm-hmm. I'm climbing. Mm-hmm. Part of that mountain is myself. Yeah. The other part of that mountain is the world. Yeah. I need folks that are so uniquely talented in a way that when we come together, um, we can overcome anything. Mm-hmm. Right. There's this resiliency. There's not only the skill set, like, they just have it. Yeah. And so um, I love to snoop talent and then bring bring them on, on the team. So I love to be a recruiter, right? Mm. Because when I was coming up, um, I got recruited off the internet to go work at Saucony. Mm-hmm. And let me not, I shouldn't age myself. I should say what part <laughs> of the internet. Um, I got recruited off of Instagram, nice. right? So there was the, the CMO mm-hmm. at Saucony um, at the time, Saucony. 
I call it Sockety. Some people call it Sakoni. <laughs> and uh, he was following me for like a solid year. Mm-hmm. Never said anything. Wow. And that's kind of where I got the snooping from. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then I went to an event and he came up to me. He said, we want you to come work at Sockety. Wow. And I was like, wow. When I have the opportunity, I want to be able to put on talent like that, mm-hmm. right? I'm not one of those people that needs to take credit for everything. I don't need, look, yeah. my credit is claimer. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's my credit. Mm-hmm. Like everything else, I'm good. I, yeah. I don't need to specifically be mentioned in that regard. So that's one of the ways is like when I see people that I really love, I'm trying to figure out a way how I can work with them yeah. 100%. The other way is that when we're working with different brand partners, um, I try to think of how I can put on other creators, mm. right? Because mm-hmm. to me, that fits my mission. Yeah. That's what I said my mission is about. Yeah. So when we get things, I'm like, oh, well, who can we you know, invite to also be a part of this event? If we're doing these stories, like who are three people from the community that we can put on into these stories, put some money in their pocket? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so that's the other way mm-hmm. because I'm like, when I was going through it, yeah. I didn't necessarily have it that way, but I had someone that owned an agency that was like, yo, come, come do some work for us for three months. It'll give you a little, you know, um, mm-hmm. give you a little bit of money in your pocket while you go focus full time on your thing. Mm-hmm. I just want you to do some strategic work, but I understand your focus is here. Mm-hmm. Sometimes folks just need a little bit yeah. to keep them going. Yeah. Right. Their bigger thing is coming, but you can be, um, you could be a supporter. Mm-hmm. You could be. Um, you could be the angel that they need in that moment. And that's what I try to think about when our brand deals. That's not for just for me. Yeah. It's not just for my team. It's for our community. Yeah. And so when we're working with brands, they know now. They know mm-hmm. like Bima coming in the door yeah. like 20 deep. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm like, if y'all going to give us money, I want to make sure. Like, that's yeah. the point. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not to hoard it. It's yeah. to, to also contribute to the, the the better part of society we're working towards more equity yeah right and so that's that those are the two things and the ways that it's happened for me that i try to to pay it forward yeah um because otherwise that 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 to me is why i'm here right mm-hmm. if i'm not doing it who else is doing it yeah i don't know i like that i think it's it paying it forward is so important and and we remember the people who paid it forward for us yeah. You you Rudy, you remember him, you right? Remember him. I'll remember Rudy forever. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he hears this one day. <laughs> well, Bima, this has been such an an inspiring conversation and I'm so glad we got to sit down today. Um thank you for being so vulnerable and honest about your journey and and why you started it and and how it's evolved for you. I yeah. think the listeners are really going to relate to that. You know, most of our listeners are creatives and entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. so it's just it's just so perfect to hear your story and thank you man before we end do you want to let people know where they can find you what yeah. you got going on yeah totally um if you want to find me on social media um very active on instagram so at bima williams um because i also started off as a social media manager i've been fascinated with what's been happening with threads so i've been active on threads <laughs> Um, I just, I'm just like a hundred million users that fast is unreal to me. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. Um, you can find the show on anywhere you listen to podcasts as well as YouTube. So just look up claim of stories with Bima. That's B I M M A. Um, and yeah, that, those are all the places that you can, you can find us. Um, and you can find the show specifically also, um, at claim of stories on Instagram and threads and, and other platforms, but 
give us a listen. We're about to hit um, our hundredth episode um, in two weeks. Nice. So it's Congrats. been it's been a crazy little ride. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Well, thanks for being here today. Thanks so much for having me, and, and best of luck. Continue you. to do your thing. Really inspired by by what yeah. you're doing, uh, and. I know we'll see each other again. And everybody, real quick, if you're a creator and are looking to connect, learn, and grow, then you should check out the Creator Hub podcast. It is the place to be for aspiring creators. Every Monday, they release an episode with the latest creator news and one thing that will help you grow as a creator. Creating content on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, or even a podcast shouldn't feel lonely. Listen to the Creator Hub podcast to grow and monetize your brand with like-minded creators. You can find the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast by searching C-R-E, the number eight, T-O-R, Hub. And I, I follow the Creator Hub on Instagram and I listen to their podcast and they are very informative and helpful. So definitely check them out. And again, please don't forget to follow and subscribe to thank you for saying no on Instagram or YouTube or wherever you are listening to this podcast. Leave us a comment, leave us a review and submit your stories. Until next time. Follow and subscribe to the Thank You For Saying No podcast and you'll get every episode as soon as it's released.